Hello and welcome to the Level Up Your Faith podcast. I'm your host, Eric Philpott, and my guest today is Lam Din. Lam Din is an American immigrant. He came uh, to America and settled at the age of seven in Oakland, California, and he grew up in the Silicon Valley. He's an undergraduate of UOP. Uh, then he uh, acquired his doctorate from Palmer West. And I want to welcome you, Lamb, to the podcast. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor. Um, I just want to thank you for uh, this opportunity. Um, thank you for your leadership and uh, opportunity to glorify Christ and um, serve others uh, any way we can, including um, giving information. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, that's what we're planning on doing today. Um, we focus uh, very much uh, on the Bible being the standard that we live our lives by. And uh, when it comes to the body, we recognize the body as being the temple of God now. And Amen. with you, I have seen, um, I have seen you, you have a servant's heart and I have seen you in action. Um, the, the most notable time that I can think of is, uh, there's an annual pastors conference and leadership conference, uh, that you've been attending with me in December for the past couple of years. I know that you plan on being there this year as well, but with hundreds of pastors at that conference and with your, uh, uh, laying on of hands, if you will, being a chiropractor, but you you did so many amazing things that I, I remember after the conference, you, uh, there was a line of, of pastors that were waiting to go into the room that you had set up in and you were stretching them out and cracking them. And, uh, you're a real blessing to, uh, to over a hundred pastors and they still talk about you. Um, and by the way, they're actually very much looking forward to you being there this, this December. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I am actually blessed to be a part of that because uh, I don't think that was anything that we planned. Uh, although Pastor Moss asked me to bring my table, um, but it, from my perspective, um, almost every single one that I've that that um, I've adjusted all had pretty much the same problem, and a couple of them. Actually, one of them from Louisiana, I think Pastor uh, Allen. Okay, yes. Um, yeah, thought about not coming here because his his back was so bad. Right, I remember that. Um, yeah, and he didn't know I was going to be there. I didn't know he was going to be there. Um, and I felt like it was a blessing to me because I felt like the Lord was telling them or him, just go. I, I got your back. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of funny. No and then, yeah, no pun intended. And every, the majority of my, I would say 80 to 90% of them had the same issue. So it was, it was easier for me to fix. Cause after the fifth one, I'm like, let me guess you have pain here. <laughs> so, yeah, it's something the Lord set up. Yeah. You don't actually realize, uh, how, how much you need your back until it goes out. You know, it, everything is connected to it and uh, any movement, uh, you notice it. Well, Liam, before we actually get into talking about health and nutrition, I'd like to, uh, if we have the opportunity uh, to get into epigenetics as well today and talk about some of the things that are going on uh, in that area. 
um, I think it would be good for the listeners for them to hear uh, your story. You know, American immigrant coming at the age of seven, I believe you came with your father and uh, went to California, of all places, to get started in, in, uh, in America. And, uh, you know, you walk through a, uh, a pretty interesting life uh, as the world standards go before you gave your life to Christ. Would you share with listeners uh, your, your testimony? Sure. Um, well, my dad had uh, service records with uh, American forces uh, during the war. And uh, when we lost the war to communism, he was uh, being hunted, basically. So a lot of the, the, the South Vietnamese soldiers couldn't come home. Um, so I didn't see him. Uh, I, I did uh, understand that he was sneaking around um, to, to visit family members. Um, not me, of course, because, you know, kids talk and might get the dad in trouble. Oh yeah. I saw my dad the other day. <laughs> um, so he just decided to take me and leave. And that was in uh, 1981. Okay. Um, we were on a boat and, um, pirates came on that boat because family would take their fortunes with them and they would look for money, uh, or a family fortunes and they couldn't find it. They raped, uh, uh, two two young uh, girls, teenage mm -hmm. girls, uh, kidnapped them and sold them to prostitution in Thailand. I, I found out later, uh, and I was uh, seven years old when I witnessed that. My my, um, that, I don't use that as an excuse to the things that led up uh, in my life uh, before I found Christ. Uh, so first of all, I want to thank my Lord Jesus Christ for saving me. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, before, before that, um, uh, I, I was, I thought I was always a good kid, you know, had a paper route growing up and support myself. My dad, uh, bless him. He always worked provided. Um, he was a medic in the army, but, uh, didn't pursue that degree, uh, here. He's just, uh, making, just making ends meet to, to support family, support me. And, and, uh, and my mom was, uh, uh still in Vietnam. Okay. Uh, went to college. Uh, UOP is uh, University of Pacific up in Stockton, California. Uh, joined a frat, partied, uh, lived a life of sin, debauchery. Um, I realized uh, when the Lord saved me, um, I realized that uh, I was no different than those rapists on that boat. Mm. We, were all on the same, we were all on the same boat. Wow. Condemned by our sins. Yes. You know, the liar goes to the same hell as a rapist. My, my. When I realized I need the Lord, uh, there's more to it, uh, but uh, I, I want to save more time um, for, for uh, your interview. But um, when I found the Lord, um, he started connecting dots. Uh, I asked him for more information. I didn't have leadership. I didn't have a body uh, like the leadership I have with you now. And so I just got into his word and uh, he started connecting the dots and, and I asked him for more truth and more information. And um, uh, spiritually I grew, uh, but uh, I asked myself uh, and I asked the Lord all the information that I've been learning, how is, how does that benefit your kingdom? And so when he started connecting the dots, uh, it was an eye opener. And I want to share some of the information with, with, uh, with you and with the body uh, and with the rest of the world. Um, in the segment. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, um, it's very interesting how when we read in scripture, 
it tells us that um, all things work together for good for them who love God and are called according to his purpose. And I've come to the realization that all of us have a very specific DNA, right? But I'm talking about any, even in our experiences. So just like our, our fingerprints are very specific to us, our experiences that God has given us are very specific to us. And I've come to the realization that that is for the purpose of ministry. So your uh, time, your lifestyle in the world, but the education that you receive um, is helping the kingdom now. And God is using it for his glory. And, uh, and he's also humbled you in the process. And that's very evident uh, in you. Being a doctor, uh, I know that uh, you can easily battle pride, and I'm sure the Lord tilled many of those layers off, but uh, I can attest to the fact that you are a very humble man, and you are a servant at heart, and that is what I appreciate so much about you. Um, as far as your education is concerned and what you know, um, we're seeing now, when we look at scripture, we can see that in the last days, pharmakeia, sorcery, is going to be very prevalent in the land. And we use a term called the pharmaceutical industrial complex. There's a lot more problems today than it seems like there used to be. Now, maybe with science, they've been able to diagnose more. But it always seems that whatever the ailment is, there is a prescription for it. So whatever the problem is, if it's, um, you know, something very extreme when it comes to um, uh, schizophrenia, for instance, I think in the past that would have been something that would have been uh, viewed as demonic. It's not addressed that way anymore. It's sedated. Uh, people are in pain and they take hydrocodone. There's uh, a million different drugs out there that people are taking. And then we see the, uh, uh, even marijuana, you know, is now being legalized in many states. And uh, that's always been considered a gateway drug. Now, I use the term gateway for a specific reason, because this is where I would like for you to, to expound on some things when it comes to uh, health and nutrition. But this gateway, I believe that, uh, that in the last days, these drugs, this pharmacia, is opening a gateway in people for them to be either A, oppressed or influenced and possibly even possessed demonically in these last days. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I believe uh, everything that you said is, is accurate. Um, my, my first... Uh, question that popped in my head before I knew all this, you know, sometimes you drive past uh, the streets and you see uh, uh, little liquor stores, right? You'll see the sign that says beer, wine, and spirits. Mm, yes. So why, why, why would, why would they refer alcohol to spirits as spirits? And uh, you know, I, I related back to my life in terms of in the days where I was drinking and uh, partying and, uh, uh, getting involved in that lifestyle. Some people, uh, you can see before they drink or get drunk, they're one way. And then others, when they get drunk, they're kind of docile. But there's some numbers that when they get drunk, they're completely opposite of who they are. 
right out of character in essence, out of character personality changes and if you were to think about it this more than one personality is there mm. so uh it is to me it is an invitation for uh the enemy or spirits to influence them uh, on how they act so uh they're being oppressed by that spirit by the alcohol you know and that's how you see the different personalities so that's one aspect of it so what we're seeing in society today is we're obviously seeing a decline in morality and i personally believe and i think you can agree that this is because there's no absolute standard that people are living by it used to be the bible and there was a standard and now it seems like the standard's been removed but I think it's even deeper than just the removal of that foundation that there's actually an attack on people that they're not aware of. Um, and I would like for you to talk about that. So we have nutritional issues, we have lack of exercise, and then we have the foods that we're actually eating that are negatively affecting our body. Uh, can you speak to, to some of those issues? Sure. Um, so I, I believe, uh, how how the attack is on different fronts, uh, like in Job when it speaks about Leviathan, and if you can imagine um, a multiple multiple tentacle uh, entity, and in this world he has his tentacles in every industry. So I, I want to talk about uh, uh, the health and nutritional and the medical industry, and that's one of the tentacles. And how you know it's all related, connected to entertainment and what what gets fed into our children's minds. And one of that is in education as well. And it's all related. And um, I, I I created this graph in terms of a cycle of uh, typical typically what happens in an American family. And I'll share that briefly, and I'll send you that mm. uh, that, uh, that that graph later. Absolutely. Um, but in terms of nutrition. Uh, when I came to the Lord, I asked myself, how did God intend us to live? Right. He created water for us. Yeah. He didn't create Coca-Cola for us. <laughs> as something that was man-made. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I view Jesus as having a six pack. You know, he was very fit. He ate properly. Uh, he exercised. He walked from town to town every day. And, the fact that he was sinless, right? He was fully man and fully God. The sinless part is because he's God. I ask people, what man or woman do you know is sinless? No one, only God himself. Right. And now if you can imagine um, what I've learned is, and I believe that all diseases because of this fallen world came from sin. I can, I can agree with that. Okay, so can, let's say you had a flu and you were a football player, right? It's hard to wake up and go to practice when you have a flu. Sure, of course. It, it weakens your body. So your cells are not performing at an optimal level. Okay. Right? Now, now imagine Jesus being sinless. Every single cell in his body was performing at an optimal level to go to battle against sin, to take on all of it. It's like saying, give it all to me. That little eight-year-old girl that's going to lie to her mom, give me that sin. Yeah. 
that person that 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 raped your family member and killed them, you you can't forgive him. Give me that sin. Mm. Like this, I, I, he people think he was a victim. He was a warrior. He waged war against sin in a perfect body that had no sin, no disease, and every single cell was performing at a optimal level. You and I would have never made it to the cross. No the beating that he took. No, no, we can't even fathom what he took upon himself. Yeah. So, 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 go ahead. No, continue, please. Just, yeah, just to repeat that, repeat that. So, imagine every single cell in your body was sinless, had no, cannot, disease cannot touch because there's no sin in him. Right. And 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 in in Hebrews, <laughs> when the the uh, the son was speaking to the father before time, it says, "A body you have prepared for me." <laughs> Mm. way before time my goodness yeah no jesus is amazing and he did have a perfect body so our bodies uh were designed in the image of god now uh jesus was the example god is invisible jesus is the representation of the invisible god so we're able to see and connect with him but when it comes to our bodies uh we're not sinless um through christ and salvation our sins are forgiven there's no doubt about that but what is it about this body i mean it's it's unique in that it it uh it regenerates it heals um how do we how do we optimize that um considering that we're obviously not god so um I want to keep it general uh, for for those. Um, uh, I can I can get com- very complex in terms of the uh, physiology, but uh, I want to give an example um, of okay. what we put into our body and what was meant for our body. So I believe everything that was good for our body, God has created in nature. Okay. And uh, our body doesn't produce anything that's bad for us, and man or humankind create stuff like Coke, um, GMO foods that doesn't go well with our body. And so uh, those changes and those things that we put into our body, people may not um, uh, drink every day. People may not uh, smoke every day. Some do, but the one thing that you do do every day, unless you're fasting, is you put some type of liquid or food in your body every day. Right. And that does have an effect on you. So let me give you an example of something that's bad and good. Uh, probably 60% of most patients in medical clinics uh, in America are diabetic. Really? Or ha- have some type of problem like cholesterol, right? Sure. So the doctors tell, tell your patients, oh, you have uh, high LDL, which they call it bad cholesterol. Right? So here's where I contend with that. There is no such thing as quote unquote bad cholesterol. Okay. Right. So because it's counterintuitive, your body is not going to produce something to kill itself. Okay. It just doesn't. Our body was made to live, to survive. So it's even if someone was really, really uh, down on himself, it would be very hard for that person to commit suicide. 
although it happens more often now, but but that's because of psychotropic meds and, and other other factors. But for a person to actually jump off that bridge, you know, they're, they're standing there for a long time, so they're warring in their mind. It's counterintuitive right. to, to just give it up. Right. right. So that, that cholesterol, that LDL, if you will, low density lipids, right? Once it gets oxidized, uh, so imagine rust on metals, that's oxidation. Okay? Right. Once it gets oxidized, it changes shape, right? And it gets polarized, it loses a hydrogen, like you see the, the skeletal structures, it's CHs, CH, CH, so the H is a hydrogen. So when it loses that, it becomes LDL with a positive behind it. So it's polarized and it's an ion. And when you have a positive charge, it's just like a magnet, there's a positive and negative, it sticks to something, right? So then the characteristic changes and that's when it's bad. So the term is actually oxidized LDL, not bad cholesterol. Your body doesn't produce it. It becomes oxidized because of what you put into it, uh, such as uh, smoking, okay, uh, cigarette smoking, such as drinking sodas, and not getting enough what we call antioxidants in your body. So antioxidants come from what God gave us, fruits and vegetables, colorful ones that have antioxidants. So the antioxidants would protect that cholesterol molecule um, from being oxidized. And the thing is, God designed it that way. We actually need cholesterol. For example, that cholesterol would convert to estrogen for women and testosterone for men. Mm. Now, yeah, if another area yeah. that's on the decline for men is uh, is testosterone levels, statistically uh, right. are, are dropping over the past few decades. I was just recently looking at a study. I wish I had it to pull up, but um, you know, you start wondering what's causing this. <laughs> right. It's, it's so stuff we're eating. It's, it's yeah, it's the stuff we're eating, and um, if if that molecule cannot convert anymore because it's changed shape. It cannot convert to testosterone or estrogen. Um, then that cholesterol, the bad, the quote unquote bad cholesterol, because it's polarized or ionized, it has a charge, it wants to stick to something, right? And so that's what causes the conditions in your arteries, right? That, uh, that may lead to a stroke or may lead to a heart attack, okay? Now, how the medical treats it is they treat the symptom. Well, the symptoms, high cholesterol or high bad cholesterol, what, what they call it. Then they give you a statin, for example. And um, for example, well, one statin is called Lipitor. And I don't know the legalities of me sharing this. Um, not to say anything. We don't care about that. Okay. So all statins do the same thing. Uh, they, 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 one is called Lipitor and it lowers cholesterol production in your body so then you don't have enough cholesterol to convert to testosterone that's the one of the cause of low testosterone and so then the doctor would treat the symptoms of low testosterone and they give you viagra for example did you know that lipitor and viagra are from the same company mm, imagine that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so continue please they create a problem and they have a solution for it. Yes. Um, so, so the test, the, there's a blood test called V, capital V, A, P, and that tests for oxidized cholesterol. And then so the solution would be get more antioxidants in to protect that cholesterol molecule from being oxidized. 
right? And one example uh, would be the industry of eggs. People are, first came out says eggs are bad for you because that's too much cholesterol. Well, now eggs are good for you. <laughs> the thing is, the eggs do have cholesterol, which can convert to testosterone and estrogen. Mm. If you fry the if you fry the egg, the high heat oxidizes that cholesterol. Right. So the better way is probably to poach the egg. Uh, I, I put it raw in my blender. <laughs> so um, there's no there's no high heat to oxidize that cholesterol. You can't really taste it because I have other stuff in there. But <laughs> Sylvester Stallone and Rocky, I think he, he ate them raw. Yeah. <laughs> I tried that once. Uh, that was a mistake, by the way. <laughs> so there's some of the natural ways that people can counter the oxidized cholesterol that they have in their body that's that's deemed as bad. I mean, some of the, uh, so, obviously, what would those consist of? A uh, lot of colorful, dark fruits and vegetables. Um, I, I My first, more, first meal of the day is a blender. Uh, I... I be, I make a smoothie with uh, uh, just I, I pick colors. I don't you know, and then I will adjust it to the taste. Mm. So I'll add uh, carrots, red beets, turmeric, um, and then I choose my greens for the entire week, like broccoli or spinach. And then next week I'll switch out my greens to celery or uh, spirulina, whatever the greens are, but I have my other base colors. And I change the taste by adding frozen fruits like blueberries and sometimes fresh fruits as well too. Um, And so, uh, you know, you get good fats in there like avocados, other good fats are fish oil as well too. Um, I don't eat fish every day, so I'll get it in a capsule. Uh, Sure. It's it's easier that way. And so, uh, you know, you want to get, you know, before... You, they said that you wanted to get four or five servings of fruits and vegetables. And then because of all the, the negative things that are around in our food, that number jumped up to seven or eight. And and now recently that number has jumped up to about 10 servings <laughs> just because mm-hmm. we we're getting a lot of um, uh, hazardous things in our body, just the, the way the world is right now. And so that number has been changing. Right. So if you get enough antioxidants, what the antioxidant does is it has an extra um, hydrogen to neutralize the free radicals. So free radicals are anything that's charged. Um, one basic way to look at it is water. Uh, a lot of people know water as H2O. If you split the water, you have H positive, which is an ion as an acid. And on the other side, you have OH negative, right? So positive and negative stick together. When they come together, it forms water. And the, the H positive is considered an acid, and acid is what? Hot. When you stick your finger in acid, it's warm or hot because it's burning and it's eating the electrons and the hydrogen in, on your tissue. Mm. Right? That heat, that heat or hotness is called inflammation. Right? So the majority of, and, and you could say all diseases, is from. Uh, physiologically, spiritually, it's from sin, but physiologically, it's from free radicals and inflammation. Okay. In your body. For uh, long-term chronic disease and illnesses. When I think of long-term chronic illnesses, um, you know, some of the the major killers out there is heart disease, uh, high blood pressure, Obviously, diabetes, you mentioned that, and cancer. All of these are on the rise. 
And so you would suggest that this has a lot to do with the things that we're putting in our body every day. It's the only thing we do every day. Um, right. So with, with heart disease, when I mean, you're talking about cholesterol, that leads the, when it's oxidized cholesterol, does, does that, is that what leads to what they call heart disease? Yeah, and a, and a, a variety of other factors as well too. Yes, the um, um, the the cholesterol would would start binding to each other because they're polarized, and so when it's positive, it tends to stick to another cholesterol molecule, and that's what causes um, part of that backup in your arteries, including um, thicker blood, which uh, uh, your platelet starts to cause that aggregation. Um, so, th- and our foods will have natural blood thinners versus um, like, for example, the red beets that I mentioned earlier, that's a natural blood thinner. Uh, so is garlic, for example. Um, okay. So your, your food, it's funny because Hippocrates, uh, the Hippocratic Oath, I'm sorry, not Hippocrates, but the Hippocratic Oath for doctors, it, he actually said himself, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Mm. So when, when doctors graduate, they, they 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 swear that oath, and but the the gentleman himself understood uh, nutrition. Yeah, well, it's not taught by doctors a lot of times. They just throw a pill at you because uh, you got a symptom, and they just address the symptom. They're not targeting uh, the problem. And so, uh, high blood pressure. You mentioned a couple things for high blood pressure. I've heard that celery also helps with that, and uh, as a natural blood thinner. Uh, as well. What uh, Um, go ahead. You have a thought. um, I'm sorry. Um, so, so the things that we put into our body and the part of the industrial complex that people are not aware of is, um, basically lack of knowledge. So for example, when vitamin E, uh, when people were advertising vitamin E as a blood thinner, natural vitamin E, is good. There was a study that came out uh, and it was funded by the pharmaceutical industries to say that vitamin E is bad for you and it causes, there's an increase in the heart disease and, and, stroke pa- and strokes with patients that smoked. Well, when they did that study, they actually used a synthetic form of vitamin E. Okay. So for example, God created the vitamin E naturally in nature. And it's right-sided. So uh, I don't know how this camera works, but imagine you're, this is the right-sided. This is my right hand. Okay. When they try to synthesize the synthetic vitamin E, the, na- the name is called D, as in David, D-tosulfurol. That's the natural form of vitamin E in plants. Okay. When they try to synthesize it, they can't make the the right-sided structure. It becomes a left-sided structure, like a mirror image. Okay. So this is my left hand. And so the, the, the name of that synthetic vitamin E is DL. The L stands for left. DL to sulfurol. So you go into a vitamin store, you'll see the D to sulfurol. Uh, it's two or three times more expensive if, if just to buy it alone than the DL, the synthesized one. Right. And so when you have this, that's supposed to be like a, kind of like an enzyme, it fits like a key and lock with 
the process in your body. Now you have something else, this structure, it doesn't fit correctly. Um, so that's what causes the side effects. As a matter of fact, um, synthetic vitamin E causes cancer. And it's readily available at a very cheap price at your local store. Very cheap price. <laughs> um, here's, a, here, here's the kicker when you're talking about the pharmaceutical industrial complex. Uh, during World War II, uh, the Allies, uh, and just during the bombing of Germany, they leveled Germany, but they left the pharmaceutical complex untouched. Mm. They Got brought it, back pharmacia. Yeah, they brought back pharmacia to the United States. Rockefeller, Carnegie, and all them funded uh, that war, and amongst other other uh, financiers. But um, petroleum, right? So the funny thing is, the basis for the synthetic vitamin E is from petroleum, oil, oil. That <laughs> <laughs> is fish oil is good. Crude oil, bad. Yeah, don't get into your body. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. You, you had mentioned cancer, and obviously there's a huge rise of cancer. Almost every person knows someone who has cancer, or they have cancer, or sadly they've lost somebody because of cancer. Cancer's on the rise. And I can't help but uh, just resolve that this has to do with what we're putting into our bodies. What happened? Can you explain how that actually happens? I mean, this is a mutation in the body. Um, if it's related to the things that we're putting in our body, it seems like we need to make some radical changes if we want to avoid that. Everybody, nobody wants cancer. I mean, you can ask anybody, nobody wants it. What, what's causing that? What do you believe is causing that? And then what are some of the things that we could do to, to make a change to where it doesn't happen for us? So, so uh, going back to the basics and just think of water again, okay. if you split that water, it becomes H positive and plus the OH negative. That H positive is an acid. It's also considered a free radical. Um, they believe the majority of all cancers are caused by free radicals. Mm, okay. Um, and free radical is an acid. And remember the example I uh, illustrated of you trying to stick your finger in a, in a beaker of acid, it's going to be hot. Right. Because right? it's, it's eating away at your tissue because it's trying to make itself neutral. It's trying to fulfill that missing electron um, or missing hydrogen. I'm sorry. Um, and, and that's why when it eats in your skin, it makes it hot and hence inflammation. So acid inflammation is hot. Well, 100% of all cancer patients, their pH in their body, the overall pH, not, not your saliva or not your uh, urine, but your overall pH in your body is acidic. Mm, okay. you, and I don't ha don't have, you and I don't have cancer now, praise God. Our pH is alkaline. Mm. Neutral is seven seven point zero, and my, my pH is about seven point four, seven point seven. You know, and depending on what you eat as well too, right? Right. So, so antioxidants uh, have extra free uh, extra uh, hydrogens to neutralize the acid, so it helps maintain that pH balance in your body. So it's all related. It's all interconnected. 
Um, so imagine that acid molecule, but just overall that free radical, if it, um, if it keeps eating at your cell or the DNA, you know, and your cells trying to repair itself, sometimes the, it, it, it boosts up the, uh, the energy or the ability to repair. And because it's constantly being bombarded, like just a lot of acids eating into it, it has to uh, uptick its ability to repair, right? And sometimes that uptick grows out of control. Mm. And that's, that's when it becomes cancerous. My mind. Uh, uh, There's a little distraction on your mic. Uh, your mic is moving up and down on your shirt, I believe. So there, right. there we go. <laughs> just, just, I'm sorry. <laughs> for the listeners. Um, but continue, please. So, so if you think about it, um, uh, carbs, for example, as well, too, when you take in too much carbs, uh, this is doctor, uh, his name is Peter Shield. He used to be uh, the director of the Can- National Cancer Institute. And, um, you know, a lot of these researchers, and to make a statement, uh, research and science always comes before medicine into application, and it trickles down later into medicine. So okay. um, the, the research, um, when they've listed uh, kind of just pros and cons, what makes normal cells tick and what makes cancer cells tick. So the normal cells, uh, we get our energy, the cells get our energy from the mitochondria, like the battery center of your, uh, of your cells. And inside that, it's called the Krebs cycle. And it's exact electron potential, just like kind of like your car battery. I, I kind of believe that uh, engineers design things that we have in the world based upon the DNA or finger or blueprint of our body, who, which God created. Wow. Um, so, yeah. So that Krebs cycle uh, generates ATP, and, which is energy. So the athletes know about this. Trainers and professional teams know about this. Um, the Krebs cycle with normal cells they get 70% of their energy from that Krebs cycle. For a cancer cell, because the acid is, is uh, eating away at it, it's, it has a defective Krebs cycle. So it can't generate that energy. So where do cancer cells get their energy from? It turns out they get the majority of their energy from glycolysis, which is the breakdown of starch or sugars. Interesting. So sugars and starch feed the cancer cells. And the, 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 the byproduct of sugars and starch is an acidic environment. Mm. See, see how it's all connected? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, there's more, there's more to it, but that's just one example. Yeah. Oh, well, this is a, this is a very big topic. I mean, there's a lot of people that are dealing with, um, with these issues that we just discussed, cancer being a big one, and you're saying that uh, we, it, it's strange when you even go into the doctor's office, they have a big bowl of candy sitting there on the counter, and you're the, you're going there to get treated because you have cancer. They're obviously wanting you to go through radiation and chemotherapy, but uh, they know it though, don't they? I mean, just like you do, doctors know that that sugars and starches are feeding cancer. Yet sugar is everything. Some, some do know, and sugars affect diabetes as well too. So that's another connection. Um, 
to 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 make a general statement, um, I don't think that the MDs themselves, like the individual themselves, want to harm the patients. Uh, it's just the system that they've been brought up in. Mm. So, for example, if you're a an MD and you went through undergrad, grad school, and then residency, some owe $200,000, by the time they get out. And that's not even specializing. Right. And so when they get out, they, they, they're not taught business. So they have to learn how to pay all that back. And so um, they're taught to treat a symptom. Mm. And, and then they're con- they do have continued education, of course. But at the, the, the same time, they're getting fed information from the drug reps. Uh, this drug treats this symptom. Right. And, and so that's what they're taught and that's what they know. Um, I, I don't think they intentionally, because uh, I, I talked to a lot of healthcare professionals and a lot of them uh, understood that they wanted to help people at right. a very young age. Like in, it, it could have been their um, anatomy class when they're dissecting a frog and one of their teachers inspired them to, to help others. And they think uh, becoming a doctor or a nurse um, can help others, right? They, they, at that very young age, they don't think, oh, I want to become a doctor for the title, for the fame, or, um, or to make money or to learn how to build insurances. They don't say that, you know, especially at a very young age, you know. Um, just like how you see some kids playing around with planes and they say, Oh, I want to be an astronaut or I want to be a pilot. It's just their passion. Mm-hmm. And so, but when they get put through that system and all they're taught is prescribe this for this symptom, um, that's where they really, they really feel that they're doing what's right. I mean, if the, if the patient gets, uh, better is in less pain, um, then they feel that they're doing something beneficial and something good instead of addressing the, the source, they are addressing the symptom, but even with uh, prescribing drugs, when you, whenever you address a, a symptom, that means it's going to continue. And so there is a revenue stream that's generated by, by treating symptoms, because if you do go to the source and you stop the problem, then that stream of revenue for the pharmaceutical companies would expire. <laughs> <laughs> it, <Yes>. it <laughs> so they're not you know I'm, I'm going to mention something real quick and, and we've got we still have some good time left I want to talk about epigenetics as well um, because it's it's a new concept to me and understanding of it but there is a doctor that's down in Houston and I just recently watched uh, a documentary on him and he had come out in the 80s with uh, something that was very natural that was found in the human body and it's dealing with cancer. And I don't have enough knowledge to speak intelligently about it, except that he uh, was able to extract these things. People that had cancer did not have this and people that did not have cancer did have this. And he was able to pull these out and put them in the people that had cancer and their cancer would go away would go away. And so he went to try to get this approved through the, uh, the federal drug administration and they came against him 
with fire and fury. And they tried to destroy him, even to uh, imprison him. And it went to the state Supreme Court and was rejected, I think, four or five times. They did not have a case. But in the documentary, many doctors were asked about, uh, uh, his name's going to come to me here in a minute. I should have written it down if I was going to speak about this. Um, but they, they, they reference him as a quack. Uh, it's like a, a Bernstein. I'll pull it up here in a, in, a, in a moment. But anyway, he really, even in, in some of the hearings, he was just like, I want to help people. And this is helping them to listen to the patients that would talk about um, their children, where the brain tumors were gone. And they're just, it, it's so emotional. And it just blows me away that, uh, that, that we're dealing with symptoms instead of something that actually, so that, that actually cures the, the issue. And uh, so people that really find something, um, <laughs> they're, they're treated like they're, like they're bad guys. You know, I'm going to look this up, but had you heard that story? Um, yeah, that you, you, you mentioned it to me, um, last week. Okay. That's right. So, yeah. I just come so, across it and it was like, man, this is unreal. Yeah. Uh, there, there's also, you know, with that, on that same token, um, there are some people who have, um, certain propensity, for example, okay. for depression, for cancer. Um, and there are others like even within the HIV uh, community, they believe that there's a very small percentage of people who, who cannot get, uh, uh, get AIDS because they have a certain um, protein in their uh, epigenetics that will prevent that. Just like the, the, the epigenetic protein that, uh, that uh, destroys the cancer that you're talking about. And I believe that's a provision from the Lord, but uh, to explain epigenetics, it's, Please. it's not, it's not permanent DNA. So, so they unraveled the human genome in 2003. And then again, in 2012, John Hopkins came out with a statement through their research saying that there is no gay gene. Okay. Right. So I, permanent, I, I came across that as well. Yes. Yeah. Permanent genetics is, you know, two eyes, uh, one mouth. Um, you can't change that. It's part of the coding and the design, the programming that the Lord uh, did when he created us. Um, epigenetics are protein that sits on top of that ACTG uh, uh, lettering of your DNA helix. And proteins are very complex. So how uh, the formation of protein mathematically uh, cannot be accidents, you know, like in terms of evolution. So for example, imagine if you had a bead, a necklace that had multiple beads. So there's 20 different amino acids that create that protein. Now imagine each of those beads are different shades of color and, and shaped from round to square to uh, hexagonal and, you know, trapezoidal. Um, so each bead you would have to select 
and just an example, one protein or one amino acid. So you have 20. So the, the odds of that one is one out of 20. And the next bead is another amino acid. That's another one out of 20. Now you have to include the shades, the colors and the shapes. Um, and so if you had, and different protein sizes are different, right? So if you had a string of 50 beads, it's one out of 20 times 50 times. And that's not even including the shades of color. So mathematically, it's too organized and complex. It's actually uh, protein folding. Uh, it's actually more complex than they actually thought. There's, uh, there, there was a, a worldwide effort for home computers to be recruited um, to just download a segment uh, un, uh, to do that protein folding and send the research back to the main computer at Stanford. And this is a whole worldwide effort. And just because there's not enough computer power in the entire world to do it. That's wow. how complex it was. <laughs> so, <laughs> so to make it simple, um, this is, there was a, uh, there was a memorandum from Oxford university and I, I'll send that to you. Uh, and back in 2012, when Epi, uh, epigenetics was discovered before that, but when they're doing research into it, uh, a lot of researchers didn't really understand it. So they were actually sending in the wrong information. So the memorandum memorandum coming from Oxford said, uh, uh, was talking to the researchers, hey, if you're sending information pertaining to epigenetics, let us explain to you what that is because you're sending in the wrong information. That's how new it was. <laughs> mm. And so, um, uh, but how it relates to what we're talking about and uh, and we mentioned sin, for example, right? So to put it in the simplest term, this is gentleman Wilder, uh, and in the article, which I was sent to you, he says, epigenetics um, is every, and here's a key word, experience from conception to death is recorded onto that little protein that sits, uh, it's called episodes. So it's an experience. Okay, it gets recorded. It's massive information. Like your every experience from light to words to colors to emotions, every experience from conception to death is recorded onto the episode. Mm. So uh, when I learn something, I always say, well, how does this relate to God? And, and this I can't prove. And I'm pretty sure other um, men of God and also scientists probably have thought of this but it's something that just popped in my mind uh, sin is an experience yes it's recorded so that it's recorded <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing it's amazing wow um, so imagine when we unravel human genome there's about 30,000 genes in our DNA which is permanent but epigenetics are like imagine circuit breaker switches on each gene Okay. And they're in the millions. They're in the millions on each gene. But the, the DNA itself, the permanent DNA, there's only 30,000 genes, right? And when we're just very tapping into the knowledge of that, but the epigenetics are the switches, if you will, like the circuit breaker switches, like an on or off position, right? Are in, are in the millions on those on each of those genes. Mm. So we're barely scratching the surface of it. So. If let's say, let's say your dog died when you're eight years old, 
Okay. Some kids get over it, but if it affected you for a long period of time, like a stress factor, divorce is one of them, for example, right? But if your dog died and you were very depressed, um, it could flip on the propensity or a switch for depression. Mm. Uh, okay. So this is, this is coded in addition to uh, our normal DNA. It's created as an experience as a switch. And because it had a traumatic effect in our life, maybe it was off. And because of that, this new recorded DNA has an on switch that gives you a propensity for depression. Right. Am I understanding that so correctly? Not, yes. So, okay. so experience, so every experience from conception to death is recorded onto your episode, that, that protein, right? Trauma is an experience. Yes. Sin is an experience. So yes. imagine trauma in terms of uh, sexual abuse. Mm. Okay. Right. So now you, you relate that to the LGBT community. Yes. The, the, the majority of uh, uh, people in the LGBT community have been abused. That's true. We just recently uh, had uh, Kevin Witt on uh, the, on the podcast and having been in the homosexual community for 20 years and being a drag queen, got saved about five and a half years ago, came out. But his testimony was not only, and sadly, of his own abuse, but having been in that community, uh, sexual abuse at an early age. So yeah, how, how is that? Uh, because the, because the Hopkins, Hopkins study said that there is no gay gene. This is on the level of our DNA, the 30,000 uh, DNA that we have, correct? Right. So it was created now as kind of an on switch, which gives a propensity. Right. It's from yeah. your environment, right? Yeah. So his, his experience of being uh, abused, and we spoke to another gentleman named John at, the, at, that, uh, at the gay parade, right? Yes. To, to witness to them. Uh, he was abused by his brothers and sisters. So that abuse is an experience. It's, it's external. It is horrible. His own brothers and sisters. Uh, it's external. It's in the environment. No. Mm. Now imagine if, uh, if a baby um, in the womb is developing and the mother doesn't know and she's, you know, of course the doctors and the OBGYNs tell the, um, the mothers to be, uh, to eat properly, of course. But what they don't understand is there are external factors um, that influence uh, what they intake. So, for example, water bottles that have BPA, the BPA is a, is a synthetic estrogen. Right? right. So ima imagine if that developing baby is meant to be a boy or a male. The coating, the moment that firm, the sperm uh, fertilizes the egg, it's already determined if it's a female or a male. Correct. Yes. Mm. So, so now you're, if I can interject just for a second, because some people aren't going to understand, uh, maybe they know what BPA is, but you're talking about plastic bottles that it basically uh, emits or it leaches into the water or whatever the liquid is, an estrogen mimicker. Correct. Right. 
So it, the body yes. recognizes estrogen. And it, right. it had to have been kind of a, a, a funny deal when somebody came up with the fact that said, hey, I know that everybody can get water out of their out of their faucet, but what if we bottle it? I think they'll buy it. And now so many people drink bottled water. And right. from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, but once it gets to a certain temperature is when the BPA begins to leach out of the plastic into the liquid. Correct. Okay. And so then yeah, that's about our body. We're basically drinking estrogen. I'm just trying to, I'm making a connection from the testosterone as well. So yeah, the, the very water that we think is good for us, even if it's an alkalinized water, which is great. If you get an alkalinized water, because you know, you're going to get your acidity levels down, acidity levels down. Um, but you're still getting estrogen. Right. Because <laughs> those charts. And then <laughs> anyway, I, yeah. And, and, tra- and you're right. In transport, the, in transport, you don't know how hot it gets out there. Mm, yes. And, and so, so I, th- I think it's around like 90 degrees where it starts leaching in there. Um, so there's this study. Um, here's how it equates to, I call it the uh, uh, social economical uh, cycle. Okay. Of health and how it affects the family unit and and, and it all relates to this because it's it's experience or environmental which causes the influence on epigenetics so when that baby gets born you know besides a water bottle there's also uh saran wrap microwaves right so that leaches estrogen into the food as well Mm. it's plastic uh and then uh you get baby formula if you read baby formula, it's full of soy, which is an estrogen as well. Wow. Yeah. Wow. See, it's, it's, it's everywhere and it's in everything. Things that are, are, uh, are destroying our health, even destroying our ability to think, you know, aspartame, for instance, was illegal for a long period of time. Now it's in a diet drink. People think they're doing, themselves a service because they're getting away from the sugars, which are going to ultimately feed cancer, but then they're putting something in their body that actually affects their minds negatively. Right. Um, it's, it's in everything and it's in everywhere. Uh, how do we get away from this? I mean, what, obviously uh, there's in the Bible, there's dietary laws the, that were established in the old Testament for the Israelites. And I know that uh, all things, uh, are lawful in the New Testament, but not all things are expedient. Not all things are an example. And, uh, um, but as we, there's so much to talk about. We'll have to talk about this on another uh, broadcast for sure and really kind of dig into these things because I know people are interested in uh, avoiding heart disease and they're struggling with high blood pressure. They're dealing with cancer or how do I avoid it? It's almost just like you go to the doctor one day and, and he's like, oh, well, you've got cancer. And it's like, how did I get cancer? What happened here? And, and it's knowledge that's going to help people. So as we get closer, and I, I want to ask you eventually, right when we're going to close, if there's anything that I missed that you really want to get out, but for our listeners, um, could you give us just uh, 
a quick rundown, if you will, of things that we can consume, things that we need to focus on that are going to help us avoid some of these issues? Uh, what's going to help us to alkalinize our body? What's going to help us to, to turn the switches off? of these things that are created so we have a propensity for them. Okay. Um, uh, may I finish on the, um, on the estrogen part with the women first? Please, please. I didn't know that, but please. Okay. Um, it's a very important point and it's all interconnected in terms of Leviathan's tentacles in certain industries oh, and in political as well too. So imagine, okay, there's this study that came out by Sandra Stein Grabber. S-T-E-I-N-G-R-A-B-E-R. I came across a study, I believe, maybe 2010 or 2011. Uh, I could be wrong. She said that the average uh, age where um, maturing girl, girls or women and get their first menses used to be 16 years old. Okay. At that time, when I read the study, uh, they, the average went down to 12.4. Now, it's about nine years old. Okay. So the, the, the girls are getting testosterone. The, you know, the guys are getting, the boys are getting estrogen. And mm. so when, when, what happens when they're sexually mature earlier and they're getting influenced by pop culture music television right um and you thought you talked about morality in the beginning and so they define their own moralities so there's going to be uh, uh, an increase uh, of earlier pregnancies uh earlier pregnancy leads to uh lesser education lesser education and lack of knowledge leads to a lower income leads to uh, eating more fast foods. And I'm just generalizing, right? And the divorce rate in America, it's about, uh, it's really high. Like one out of two families are divorced. So if you're the mother and you're taking care of that child and you're working uh, because of that lower education, um, you're not going to get a higher paying job. And so you're taking care of your children, uh, working nine to five or possibly overtime. And because of that lack of education, lack of knowledge, you're not going to go buy non-GMO foods and uh, gym membership may or may not be affordable and you're not going to have time to cook the food for your kids. So what do you do on the way home? You buy fast food for your kids. That fast food has testosterone, has uh, uh, steroids in the food and you're feeding the girls that and uh, you're microwaving it. So you're feeding the boys estrogen. Um, so that whole cycle starts all over again. We're killing ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And the FDA approves it and, and we just go after it and processed foods. And um, I also understand that even with cancer, that, uh, that, that cancer does not do well in an alkaline environment and a highly oxygenated environment. Yes. So, the so let me, uh, can contribute to, to that. Amen. It's, uh, that, that glycolysis I mentioned earlier. So let's, let's uh, kind of, as a whole, to answer your question, what do we do? Uh, one is to avoid processed food. So take the time to, when you go grocery shopping, to read the labels. Okay. Um, and if 
it came from how God created nature, then uh, generally it should be safe unless there's, you know, pesticides and a lot of stuff. But, you know, there's also budgeting. A lot of people cannot afford non-GMO foods. Um, I would suggest that. But at the same time, even right now, it's so convoluted that um, uh, I, don't even, I don't even trust the labeling of, of the GMOs, right? The, mm. the farmer who creates the GMO foods uh, and the non-GMO foods and the organic foods, they're right next to each other. It's the same farmer. It's just one is organic and one is, <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the non-organic. And it just seeps into the soil. And if you dust the crop, the wind's going to blow it to the other side anyways. So uh, in, in that aspect, um, you're still getting some good. You know, um, there's, there's measures that you can take. But one is stay away from processed foods, boxed or canned items. Um, you know, get, I would say, seven to nine servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Um, you know, to, to be practical, if you're going to eat a steak, don't add the potatoes to it. I'll, I'll, you know, I don't eat steak that as often, but when I do do it, I'll, I'll have, uh, my side will be broccoli next to it. It's okay to eat steak once in a while. Um, there's seven days in a week, uh, five out of the seven days, I'm usually pretty good. Um, the other two, if I'm fellowshipping and ministering to somebody and we have to eat out, uh, I can splurge for those two days. You know, it's just um, kind of gauge things, you know, don't overdo things and um, don't be obsessive about certain things. And a lot of people think one thing is good, so they keep on, uh, they overdo certain things, right? Even right. even exercising too much causes a lot of free radicals, right? So, for example, mm-hmm. you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right regarding exercise. Uh, one of that list of how normal cells operate versus cancer cells operate is when the cancer cells feed off of sugar, the process is called glycolysis or to break down the starch or sugars. That process creates a acidic environment and it's anaerobic. It flourishes without oxygen. So when you exercise, the oxygen actually chokes the cancer cells. Mm. The cancer cells can't survive in an oxygenated environment. So when you exercise, you're bringing more oxygen to your tissues. You know, we're, we're, in, uh, we're in trouble as a society when it comes to health. And I say that because what you're, what you're suggesting as, as an answer to health would be to follow the Bible. One, it's been pulled out of schools and nobody wants to hear about it. And uh, it's misquoted or it's pulled out of context a lot of times. You're also encouraging people to eat healthier uh, understand that there are companies out there. We didn't mention this, but I'm going to go ahead and drop the name. But Monsanto uh, is is a company that is uh, selling seeds. A lot of it is is uh, the genetically modified organisms, and this has an effect in the body. As far as I understand, when you're talking about DNA, it's uh, it's changing uh, our DNA, uh, the things that we eat. Now, maybe not at that. Uh, level of our permanent DNA, but we already talked about the switches and things like this. Um, exercise, eat healthy, and um, stay away from sin. Let's try not to make any new on switches <laughs> that are going to harm us. Um, you have probably suggested to a lot of folks about things, they're, they're, they're sick or they're in pain, they've got inflammation, or they've got diabetes, or they've got 
things that are going on in the body, you make suggestions to them. And sadly, what are some of the responses that you get when you share what's going to make them better? Um, some positive feel it, it, and it depends on how I share it. Sometimes, uh, I, I know uh, coming from what I know, uh, they, they receive it. It's just, uh, they, it takes more effort to make that change. And so I tell them, Hey, it didn't take you overnight to get this way. For example, uh, type two diabetes, right? Right. So don't expect food and natural things to have effect on the, right, uh, the first day or even the first week. Whereas medicine, you pop the pill, it's a lot easier. You don't have to make that many changes. And the, uh, the dosage is strong enough where it, um, you can feel certain effects right away. Like it'll lower your blood pressure momentarily right away. It's managing that condition. Or for pain, you know, it takes away that pain. You know, if, if I sprain my ankle while playing basketball, I sprain my ankle, I put ice on it. I, I, I don't want to take uh, hydrocodone for it. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the, the other issue, um, people think the Bible is outdated. You probably heard that before. <laughs> oh, yeah. A few times. Okay. So let me share something with you. You remember how it says uh, that God created Eve out of Adam's rib? Yes. Now, the, 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 one of the latest things is regenerative medicine. Okay. And they do a lot of stem cells. Yes. So uh, I call it the good stem cells versus the evil stem cells. You know, stem cells coming from babies and uh, products of abortion, you know, those kind of things. Uh, but you can harvest your own stem cells in your marrow. Uh, it, 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 they say it's less quality. However, um, if you're going to do that, especially in an elderly, elderly patients, their nutrition's not there. I would just get on a nutrition train for two to three months to build up good stem cells and then you harvest it. So that's, that's the lacking. Um, but if the, if this is really funny, the most quality stem cell in the human body, uh, the more readily available, I mean, they harvest it from your femur or your hip, but the most quality stem cells is actually in your rib. Really? <laughs> yeah. And so if, if you, if a surgeon surgically removes the rib the proper way, that rib will regenerate in a human body. Mm. And that rib will have more quality stem cells and the stem cells, you know, regenerate uh, other parts of your body. The stem cells can, stem cells can, differentiate into any other tissue from cartilage to muscles to bone. And so uh, when God said he put Adam into a deep sleep and removed his rib and basically that's the concept of stem cells. He created wow. another person. <laughs> wow. That is that, that deep sleep. That is awesome to hear. Yeah. I mean, is that a deep sleep pastor? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm just saying you can start to connect the, the, connect the dots. Oh yeah. yeah. And that deep sleep, that deep sleep is how, uh, the medical industry, um, came up with anesthesia. Mm. The first, uh, putting people to sleep to do surgery was, was from the Bible. Amen. No, I, 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 
science continues to uh, to validate the Bible. The Bible has not changed. Um, maybe some of the versions. That's going to be the topic of a, of another uh, podcast. But the Bible has been very consistent, and science has changed over the years, and it continues to confirm what the Bible says. So this has been very good. Is there anything that I missed that uh, that you wanted to speak about, and I just didn't ask the right question? Yes. Uh, so when we talk about experience and sin, um, I want to share about the redemptive, if you want to call it regeneration, whatever the world wants to call it. But uh, I believe they, they steal that terminology from the Bible, you know, regenerate medicine, all that, all that stuff. But uh, I, I want to share people about the salvation, regenerative power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, salvation is also an experience. <laughs> so when you get saved, those switches get reset, brother. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I've seen it in my own life. There's no doubt about it. Um, a lot of switches got turned off. I didn't even know that they weren't supposed yeah. to be on. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thankful. Amen. I'm thankful. Well, I know that, uh, I know that Jesus saves and I know that he is the answer to sin, sorrow, and death, which really are the only three problems that I see that we have in this world. Everything will fall under those categories. And Jesus um, is the redeemer. There's no doubt. Amen. He, uh, he did a wonder in my life, saved my marriage. Uh, I did a complete 180 in my own life. And um, even early on, and I, I think you're the same way, you ask a bunch of questions and then you explore uh, scripture and you have other experiences with other believers and even uh, look into the scientific aspects of it and the archaeological finds that confirm the Bible. And in my pursuit and study to even disprove certain aspects of the Bible, thinking that they're contradictory, um, I've come to the resolve that the Bible is true. It is a solid Amen. standard Amen. by which we should live. And, uh, and I've even seen people that apply the principles of God's word, uh, through scripture into their lives without knowing Jesus as their personal Lord and savior. And they still saw the benefits of the principles applied to their lives. But what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? So I love that we're predominantly talking with, uh, with believers on the level of your faith podcast. And if you do not have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, it's never too late. As long as you have a breath in your lungs and you can have that conversation with him today and repent of Amen. your sin and give your life to Christ. He loves you. And it is his great love for you. That is drawing you to himself. Lamb. It's been awesome talking with you. This is probably the most in-depth conversation we've had. Uh, talking about these issues. And I was actually taking notes as you were talking because um, I want to, I want to live my life for Christ to the best of my ability. And I need to do it uh, with good health. And, uh, and so I'm hoping this has been a blessing to everybody that's listening. Uh, thank you, pastor, for having me on. Um, uh, 
recently he's I, I don't know if I would say that this is a gift, but he's allowed me to see the tactics of the enemy. Mm. You know, you know, imagine, I mean, America, if we're the, we are the best country in the world. Thank God for America. Amen. Um, imagine two football teams in the Super Bowl, right? They're the best of the best. How right. can we claim to be the best of the best when, Health-wise, in the top fifty, uh, uh, fifty uh, industrialized nations in the world, we're bottom last. Mm. Sometimes we switch between number forty-nine and number fifty, right? And so, you, pe- people are getting heart disease at fifty-five, sixty years old, or even cancer. And the ones that don't know the Lord are going to deteriorate. Healthcare doesn't advance prolong our life. It actually prolongs the suffering. They'll get something at 50 and then they'll suffer there for the next 20 years in a wheelchair or bedridden. And if you are a non-believer, guess what you're going to think? Oh, there's no God. There's too much suffering. Yes. That's Satan's end game. He wants you to go out not believing in God. Hmm. Or blaming blaming God for the suffering, right? Um, wow. In Genesis, it says, "Let let us create man in our let us God the Holy Spirit, Father Son and Holy Spirit. Let us create man in our image, and let them man only, no longer us, have dominion over the earth." He he gave it to us, and we're ruining it. Yeah, no, we're doing a good job of that. So. You know, we need to watch out what we put in our uh, in our bodies, through our mouth, in our in our minds, through our eyes, in our ears. We need to be very circumspect as believers um, in what we put in God's temple, whether it's through the ear gate, the eye gate, or the mouth gate. Um, these are things that we really should be very cognizant of. And because we're an example of Jesus Christ, and unfortunately in in uh, in America, especially today, Christians are perceived as uh, hypocrites, and rightly so. Uh, sadly enough, many of us are, but I think everybody has a level of hypocrisy in them. I want to encourage believers to, because we're ambassadors for the kingdom of God, we should. Uh, really guard ourselves in what we in what we take in, uh, what we're watching on TV, uh, what we're entertained by uh, when we listen to something, and most certainly what we eat. I went to a pastor's conference one time, and you know I try to keep myself trim, and uh, I want to be you know I like being healthy, but uh, I had a gentleman come up to me and he said, "You must be a new preacher." And I was like, well, I've been preaching for a little while. And, you know, he had a big gut. And many of the pastors have these big guts. And it's like they want to talk about uh, the Bible. But when we're missing this key element in our health, and they have all kinds of health problems. And uh, so I want to stay a, a, a new preacher. <laughs> All my life, if it's keep my, uh, my belly trim. But I think more than that, I'd like to become very experienced 
in my relationship with Christ and take good care of my temple. And what you've shared today has been very helpful to that point. And I'm thankful for that. And uh, I'm blessed because I get to spend a lot of time with you. And uh, for others, we definitely want to have you back on where we'll talk more specifically about uh, some of the issues. I'm hoping that this uh, garners a lot of questions around some of the issues that we've talked about in what can we do uh, to help with uh, some of the issues that we have in our health. I want to thank you. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? Oh, uh, just one thing real quick. I just want to thank you for having me on. Uh, I want to thank you for your leadership and you've been um, pertinent and instrumental in my growth. Uh, you and, and other men of God, um, to the congregation, to the brethren, uh, our pastors, uh, the ones, some, some of them have two or even three full-time jobs. They, they, they work and then they got their family and they got the congregation. So I, I actually understand uh, it's cultural, but I also understand why those pastors get a gut. <laughs> um, and just, just to confess, sometimes I've been out with brothers 1 a.m., 2 a.m., and we're ministering, so there's no place open but Denny's. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I get it. It can happen. But we got to work yeah. on we got to work on being uh, being better examples. I think as well with our health Amen. as believers. Amen. And uh, I think that would honor the Lord for sure. So this Amen. has been awesome. This has been wonderful. I want to thank everybody for listening to the Level Up podcast. You can find this on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, this uh, coming week, we'll have uh, a podcast with Dr. Ken Hoven talking about uh, evolution versus creation. Dr. Lamb, I'm very thankful for uh, your service to the kingdom and uh, uh, building that kingdom and, uh, and your commitment to the Lord. I thank you for your humble spirit as well. Uh, most people don't realize that you, uh, in, that, in that head of yours, uh, is a lot of wisdom, a lot of information, and you're just so humble when you present it. I know it's because you love people and you want to see them whole. And I thank you again for being on the podcast.